Hello and welcome to Insights for Manufacturing. I'm your host, Jeff Beecham, and in this podcast series, we'll be looking at some of the challenges and opportunities in manufacturing in 2022. Throughout the series, I'm hosting a range of guests from service businesses and support organisations, providing subject matter expertise and guidance on a diverse range of topics affecting UK manufacturing. Today, we're going to be discussing marketing and how it can boost UK manufacturing's image so I'm pleased to welcome my guest, Rob Dando, Director at Finally Agency. Welcome, Rob, and how are you today? Thanks for having me, Jeff. Yeah, really well, thank you. Good, good. So we met on LinkedIn. I've been following uh, Finally for probably about, I don't know, 18 months since I first had a, had a chat with Steve. And, you know, you've got the engine room and all sorts of, you know, resources and free tips for, for businesses and individuals all over your content, which is excellent. Um, before we get into the bulk of the, the conversation, can you just tell me a bit about yourself and, and what your role involves at, at Finally? Yeah, sure. Um, so my, I started uh, many moons ago, so I, it all began actually for me when I was 13. I uh, started building websites in, in my bedroom. Um, and then at sort of 16, I sort of formalised it and, and created a company, a sole trader, and traded for, for about a year and a half and while I finished school. And then I left school and I started uh, what, what back then was like an internet, well, it was an internet cafe, PC repair shop, but kept all of my kind of web development in the background. And then as the trend started changing and mobile phones started to screw me for giving away data and the internet <laughs> cafes weren't going to last forever, I, um, I grew the web business. Um, you know, we, we were very much focused on bespoke software applications, uh, content management systems, et cetera. Um, and then about 10 years ago, I joined forces with Steve. Uh, we created Finally uh, and, and became kind of a full service marketing agency that we, that we are today. And then about three years ago, we um, decided to s- sort of become subject matter experts, really. And, um, and the reason for that choice was simply uh, manufacturing excited us. You know, it's really diverse so much. Um, I think, you know, conversations we've had, it's quite clear and many people just have a perception of engineering manufacturing being a, a factory with oil and grease and a boiler suit, which is just not true. Um, so, yeah. you know, we, we, we get to work with, you know, a diverse range of company, LG Electronics to Red Bull to cider manufacturers to, you know, machine tools to, to factories. And so it gives us uh, lots to do. And, and so, yeah, so for the last three years, we've been really focusing in that, in that area and, and, you know, created a whole range of content and resources um, for people to hopefully you know learn from us uh, and understand how they can use marketing uh, you know and to help their sales and, and grow their business really and, and I'm really passionate about you know helping manufacturers and businesses to understand how to use marketing how to particularly now more so digital marketing you know how it can be very complementary you know a lot of people think of it as a scary thing or they just see it as a huge cost element and and we need to get the mindset shifting to understand that marketing doesn't have to cost the earth should be seen as an investment but fundamentally anyone really can do it and and hopefully with some of the free stuff that we publish it'll give you at least a good starting point yeah absolutely and what one of the um one of the sort of case studies i get if you can call it a case study I, i i know you did some work Going back a few months, it's probably an ongoing client of yours, um, Kingsbury. Yeah, I think you had Richard Kingsbury yeah. on and you were doing some video about, uh, he was on there talking about the history of the 
the history of the company. Uh, yeah. It was fascinating. It was just a, a, a different, a different style of promoting a business. Um, I, I found that really insightful. So, what, what what are the most common challenges that you're finding, Rob, that, that manufacturing businesses are having with their with their marketing? Uh, that's a great question. I think. There's, there just seems to be a, a bit of a barrier to people's potentially even understanding of what marketing should be. Mm. Um, you know, really, uh, it needs to be a, a part of a business that anyone can do. You know, so here, yes, we're a marketing agency. Yes, we do our own marketing. But actually, you know, all of the, the team are constantly marketing. You know, that sales should be done by anyone in a business. And that's because you don't have to be at selling it could just be a conversation you have in the pub with somebody just, you know, they say, Oh, what do you do? And, you know, you need to be, be able to confidently talk about, Oh, you know, I work for a company where we manufacture X, Y, and Z, and that helps to, you know, fulfill parts for Boeing or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, that's still helping to sell that's still marketing. You'll get creating brand awareness because, you know, many companies that exist throughout the com- UK, people don't know who they are because they're not talking about it. And the companies don't want to talk about it. Um, so for me, the challenges is really helping people to understand really what marketing is, yep. why it's important. Um, and then that whole breaking down the kind of perception of it's a cost. And yes, of course, it costs money or I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have a business. We wouldn't have staff. But but actually, it has to be an investment. And, uh, you know, my grandfather, the wise old man he is, who was a, you know, a multiple engineer, start at Actually, funny story, about an hour ago, the, the um, Flying Scotsman came through the station just literally 10 metres away. And my granddad actually worked on that when really? he was 13. Um, so that, was, that brings it all back for me. But you know, he he went on to grow through different companies and became a consultant in, in that sector. And, and you know, I remember him when I was starting out telling me that, you know, a company should, should spend 5% of their turnover on marketing. And that stuck with me forever, really. And, and yeah. actually, I, I was talking about this on LinkedIn a few weeks ago, that that figure's actually increased now. If you do some general searching, and so it's not just me telling people, but, you know, the average now is actually deemed to be nearer 7 to 8. And in, and in America, I think it's higher, 10 to 12%. Yeah. And again, that scares people. And, and I, whilst I say that and people say to me, oh, what should we spend? I know that's not possible for everyone. And I'm not saying it should be, but... Um, having zero marketing budget should also not be possible. You know, like I've had small businesses. I still have a small business and I practice what I preach. We invest back into our own marketing. I've always done it because you have to invest in your business to grow your business. And yeah, and that's just the fact of life. Yeah. So, so I suppose it's, it's starting off with that mindset then really to getting people into that, um, you know, to, to want to have a, almost like a marketing culture within the business. And I, I've found because I've invested some money in, in marketing. Um, you know, I'm only a small business in the overall scheme of things. Yeah. But um, I, I well, found this is, that, this is marketing that you're doing now. Ab- absolutely. You know, and, and it, people have this. Uh, there was a conversation we had earlier with someone around, you know, you've got sales and you've got marketing. And sometimes they're two silos that, uh, you know, don't talk to each other. That, sh- that should never be the case. But I, no. I th- what I found is, in my own experience, that without marketing sales and doing the actual selling part becomes so much more difficult that you've got to have the marketing there to to soften the ground to create the awareness to give you something to then move forward with uh to to the next stage of a an awareness or sales process so for me you've got to have both and and for me 
marketing is 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 crucial you know I, I'd, I'd probably go for a 60 40 or maybe even a 70 30 split in favor of marketing uh, but that's that's just my opinion um i guess most recruiters would probably be the other way around you know 99 percent of their time on the phone um uh hounding people and, and not doing too much marketing uh, but i think the world's changing a little bit yeah. so in, in terms of the different marketing tools and, and channels I, you know, I do some marketing, but I'm not a marketer myself. What what areas of expertise does does finally off, offer its clients? Um, so finally is is full service. So you know we do cover uh, every channel, um, and, and that's both digitally and non digitally. So you know we've done TV campaigns, we've done radio campaigns, out of home campaigns. So you know we do do that. I would say probably in this day and age, we're you know, about 85% maybe is digital. Yep. So, you know, if we break that down, we're talking about um, social media, we're talking about videos, we're talking about podcasts like this, we're talking about, um, you know, email marketing, which is definitely not died, whatever people are trying to claim. Yep. Now you've got modern stuff that add into that, you know, uh, live chat, chat bots. Um, but at the heart of it all, if you're going to make one investment in this year, I would say make that investment to your website. Okay, because that's the foundations for all of this. You know, you can't attract and make noise on all these channels if you've got nowhere to drive them to without having, you know, some form of purpose. You know, yep. marketing is is ultimately marketing is to drive leads to, towards sales. That's why we do it. We're not doing it for fun. We are doing yep. it to, find, you know, get to someone that wants to be talking about our business and hopefully become a customer, make money. That's why we're here. Um, and you need, therefore, a conversion point. And the best place for that is is a website. Um, yeah. So you know, I, I have been having conversations, and and they said, well, where should we where should we start? And I would always say, build the foundations, build a really good, well optimized website because that will be there for years and years to come. Yeah, you can constantly improve it. Um, you know, but all of the content you then produce, all of the podcast episodes, all the social posts, that all f- feeds the website. Absolutely. And it's interesting that you you touched on the fact that, you know, email marketing is definitely not dead. I think a lot of people went off email. I never have, incidentally, but um, I, I definitely see and hear a lot more people now saying that, you know, if you're not do if you haven't got an email list, if, you, if you're not doing email marketing, you're, you're missing a huge slice of business. Social media is great. You know, you've got to have your website, like you say, direct sales, you've got to have the telesales and all the rest of it. But there's so much, um, you know, I think you've just got to grease all of the wheels, haven't you? If you're just doing two or three, yeah. uh, you know, you've, you've got to look at all. It's a multi, a multi-pronged approach, isn't it, really, to, to maximise? Yeah, we so, uh, live in a, in a world with so many touch points and yeah. to do marketing successfully. And it's hard because there are so many and you can't, one person can't do it all, which is why companies like ours do, do exist. But, yeah. but you can certainly, if you are one or two man, um, you know, or a small team of five or six, then, you know, cover a few bits each and and try and do as much as you can. But being efficient, use the tools that are out there, you know, tools like HubSpot that we advocate, you know, all the time. It's a great CRM. It's free. Yeah. You know, get that data, start capturing information. What The reason email marketing is so valuable is because that's your data. You own that. You've built that. You understand it. You can market to it. You know, if you start running paid advertising campaigns, you're paying to try and find people yeah, uh, and once you get them, you know you want to keep them warm and and send them useful stuff. Don't look the days of spamming people, sending out rubbish doesn't don't work. You know we, yeah. we're all blind to that fact. 
but that someone would have been in contact with you or shown an interest to you for a reason. And if you can be polite and helpful and just keep in touch with people, they'll respect that. And it might not be now. Now might not be the right time, but six months time might be the right time. And, yeah. you know, a lot of a lot of marketing, you know, trade secret is about hitting the right people at the right times. You know, almost luck, you know, we could say. But that's what campaigns are. But that, but yeah. the point being that the, the, they'll only be there. They'll only be in your sphere if you've looked after them and treated them with respect uh, by not sending them out insignificant information, by not sending them, you know, irrelevant information. And yeah. that's where a really good, well-managed CRM, such as HubSpot or Zoho or whatever it is you choose to use, keep it clean, keep it updated and keep it segmented. Yeah. Absolutely. What's the most important thing for for manufacturing businesses to to consider when they're you know if they're deciding to you know to partner with a marketing company? What what, what should they be thinking about? It must be a bit of a, a minefield, you know. If you've got a small business that hasn't sort of outsourced marketing before, you know, they're going to have lots and lots of different questions and concerns. How do they go yeah. about deciding who to work with? What, what is there a blueprint or a, or a or a you know, a standard criteria? Uh, I think, I think, I think it's a great question. Um, you know, uh, I think we're always quite honest and transparent. I, I would say, ask the agency, um, you know, can they speak to um, clients past and present, you know, like, yeah. because uh, to find out that we're not just making stuff up, we're marketers. Yeah. We should be able to good at spinning a line. Um, yeah. So I could say anything I wanted, but um, you know, if, if, uh, if they're not afraid or they they offer that i'd say that's a positive sign you know like case studies like let's see the results um, and ask some questions around you know potential return on investment and, and see if you you know trust their answer obviously you know I, i'm you'd like to hope everybody's truthful but i think but also you know generally you're going to be working with these people very very closely yeah. You're believing that and if you're appointing an agency or a freelancer to work with you on your marketing or sales or both, you know, they're going to become a crucial part of your business. So the relationship has to be right. You've just got to have a gut feel really of, yeah, I, I like, I like Rob or I like, I like finally they seem like good people. Yeah. You know, again, check out what they do. You know, like you say, hopefully we're pretty visible as, a, as an agency. All of my employees are out there and, you get to you know see how they are and their their own individual personalities through yeah. reading their LinkedIn posts, reading their blogs, um, and so um, yeah, I, I would just say you've got to have a bit of a gut feel, but then ask to good testimonials, ask to speak to clients. You might not actually do it, but it's a good question, and you know if if, if they're very forthcoming, oh yeah, no worries, here's X, Y, and Z, they'd be happy to speak to you. Yeah, and it comes back, you think okay, they're not hiding anything. Absolutely. I wanted to ask you about, I mean, social media, you know, it, it's, it's huge. It's grown at a, at a staggering pace over the last, what, 10, 15 years. Um, yeah. LinkedIn probably being the standout for business to business. Um, how important is it for businesses to, to consistently produce content, Rob? Because, you know, if you're short on resources, uh, you know, you're running a busy company, time, time is a problem. What, yeah. what advice do you have about building a good output of, of content? So I, say, I think particularly for those time poor individuals, myself being one, is to maybe just find an hour a week, lock yourself away, and then write three or four posts um, in one go. And then you can schedule those. And then when your week is drifted away from you, you know that you've got content. And if you can do that, maybe sometimes 
you'll have a quiet week. You can get a couple of weeks worth of posts yep. um, in the bank and then they're scheduled. Obviously, you can leave gaps for particularly topical things, but generally you can have a bit of a strategy around your business. And, and then, um, you know, you can jump on our website. I'm sure that we've got a guide around talking about this. Uh, and yeah, we also have like a, a LinkedIn weekly LinkedIn planner with that we've created that you can grab for free. Yeah. But I think just if, strategize and understand what you're going to do and, and have that plan and it'll become far, far easier. Another, you know, what I do is obviously we all got phones with us. So whenever you're just like having that moment and that might be in the pub, it might be a conversation you have with someone, just open your notes, drop down your idea while it's fresh in your mind. And then when you yeah. get to that hour, you can expand those out. Um, I think the, the other part of your question, you know, does it, does it pay to be consistent? Um, yeah, hundred percent. I think if you can build that up, uh, I noticed myself personally, you know, I used to post probably every day. Mm. Uh, then obviously we had some, um, you know, changes in the business with, with um, unfortunately Steve been taken ill and that changed my role and I had to kind of reassess everything I was doing. And for a while I didn't really post and, and it did have quite a dramatic effect. I noticed it and probably only been the last month where I've kind of got myself back to a level where I'm, I can be posting three to four times a week. Yeah. And again, it's noticeable the difference, you know, activity breeds activity. Um, yep. So as hard as it is, I think I found like that one hour of concentration can create four, six, seven posts, and then you get into a bit of a flow and you're never really far behind. Yeah. I, I was just thinking then, you know, cause you know, an hour a week, it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound very much. If, if you're in a small business, I, I guess you could probably, shed the load a little bit in in terms of you know asking your employees this is what we were going back to earlier when we were chatting offline about you know organizations almost having a marketing culture where everybody should feel part of the marketing team so you know anybody could write a blog couldn't they anybody could write you know come up with even even an idea for a post even if they don't write it themselves you can have a suggestion box or you know people can uh, you know, just put some stuff together and then give it to the person that normally is responsible for producing the content. At least then there's a, like a flow of of information and that would help the internal business with employee engagement and they all feel yeah. uh, valued and they're having an input. So would you advocate for, for organisations sharing that across across the wider business? Without doubt. Um, you know, a couple of ideas around that would be if you're use set up a whatsapp group if or or use a slack channel or something whatever your communication is internally mm. and then when someone posts you know post the link in and get everybody to go and like it and comment on it yeah. you know you often see posts in small businesses where they've got very few likes and i think hang on they work for a company with 50 employees they should at least have you know 50 <laughs> likes yeah um and that goes for us you know we we've uh, just kind of had to take a look at ourselves and and realize that we dropped off doing that and and it and it kind of makes a difference because yeah. the way linkedin's algorithm works is very much about you know it only shows your post to a certain percentage of your um, audience and i'm not going to bore everyone with technicalities but you know there's certain points where you want to prove to the algorithm that there this post is being seen and engaged and try and boost it so you know, you'll hear people talking about pods, and I'm not an advocate for that, but certainly there'll be a few people, your and your employees certainly should be part of that. Um, and post on individual pages. Um, don't, yep. The company pages, they, they don't get the engagement. They're not seen the same. So the way we use our company page is we use that to repost things so that, yes, it has, you know, different people looking at it, but try and build personal networks because actually individuals will have different networks and therefore you're reaching a wider 
overarching audience. Uh, you know, we have right down to, you know, Julie, who works in, in HR and finance here. She's written blogs, you know, not her forte, but she she wanted to be a part of it. She writes the odd LinkedIn post. She's not on LinkedIn all the time, but, you know, she will do what she can to help. And that's it. Yeah. It's about breeding that culture where we're all one team here. And we're all, we're, you know, I say to my team, you're all partly responsible for marketing and you're all partly responsible for sales. Great. I love that. It's all, uh, you know, it's all about collaboration in business, isn't it? So yeah. for any for any listeners or, or viewers of the, the, the Insights Manufacturing podcast who are not familiar with Finally Agency, what's the engine room? What's the engine room? So uh, I guess it, it kind of all began as uh, an idea for almost like a weekly newsletter, and it's just grown into a bit of a beast, if I'm honest. So, um, <laughs> you know, it now has a podcast, um, you know, that, that you've been a guest on, um, We've done company spotlights. We've actually created a whole area on our own website to showcase other businesses. So talk about, you know, what they're up to. Um, we have a hashtag, which is hashtag finally engine room on LinkedIn. And we will tag any educational or useful posts for people so they can filter it out and just get to the, the crux of the great stuff. Yeah. Uh, we, we have a YouTube channel again with loads of free content on. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like the name and the, the culmination of all of our, our educational and, I'd like to hope, helpful content. Brilliant. And it, again, it's, um, it's not so much about the services you're providing directly to your, your clients. It, it's added value resources, yeah. isn't it, for, for your clients and prospects. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do with Insights for Manufacturing. I don't talk about recruitment. Typically, I might do a couple of, of episodes, you know, later on in the year about sort of uh, yeah. recruitment. But um, I wanted this to be, you, you know, uh, a, 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 an added valuable resource for manufacturing businesses. So, you know, good good on you for doing that. I, now, I know you've recently been working on a, a bespoke website for the campaign or petition for a Minister for Manufacturing for SUM or Support UK Manufacturing, launched by... Yeah our friend Andrew Wilson. How did that come about, your involvement in that, Rob? And, and why did you feel it was so important for you to support this campaign? Um, I think, you know, I've been a part of the community, you know, quite hands-on for, for the last couple of years. Obviously, we run on a wet each Wednesday. I run the top 10 posts for, for UK manufacturing. And, um, uh, you know, it's something that I'm quite passionate about, really. And, and I was looking at what had been going on and realised, as I've just said to you, that, my belief is the fundamental part of marketing should be a website. Yep. It wasn't a website. And so, you know, that's something that we can certainly help with um, and more than happy to do so. So, you know, we are, that is currently underway. We're building a, a lovely new website, which will sit on HubSpot CRM so we can start collecting data and, and use all of the great volunteers um, that are getting involved, all of our skills together yep. and have a central location, really. That's brilliant. And thanks for your your support with that. It's been a it's been a journey, and um, I think as we're recording this, Andrea's on holiday for a, a well earned yeah. um, break. But uh, the the work will continue uh, when when she comes back. What what is the main thing, Rob, that that UK manufacturing businesses can do to improve the image of the sector and and you know encourage more youngsters to to choose manufacturing as a career because it, it's got like a an outdated stereotype hasn't it there's a there's yeah. this stigma and it's almost like a myth about manufacturing it's dirty it's greasy it's horrible you know what it's almost like you know manufacturing needs an image makeover how, how would yeah, you it does, yeah. sort of articulate that from your perspective 
I, I, yeah, I think you're spot on. I mean, it's it's almost like we want to bring in one of those, you know, like sixty second makeover people and just like kind of scrub <laughs> scrub it all out and go, you know, you're wrong. And to be yeah. honest, like before I got into it, I probably had that perception because that's the stereotype that's out there in the world. But I tell you, I've visited some ridiculously high tech factories. You know, some of our clients in Kingsbury and Exactaform, and these are yeah. multi million pound factories with highest technology and you know, robots and automation and they're unbelievable, you know, and I'm someone with my like little geeky techie brain as well. It's like gold mine. You're like walking in and like, oh, look, what's this doing? So, yeah, I mean, I think people need to start showing and, and showcasing this, you know, particularly social media has to be the main channel. It's the easiest channel. You yep. know, they can get an account quite easily. Don't be afraid to sh- show that behind the scenes stuff, you know, just, a little clip recorded on your iPhone of, you know, the machines at work or, you know, people having fun, people laughing and joking together, showing that culture, showing that it's not, you know, some, you know, production line of people sitting there with a hat on and, you know, that's not what it is. So I feel like don't be afraid to show what it truly is, you know, and let's let's start talking. Let's use the platforms such as Support UK Manufacturing. Let's use LinkedIn. Let's use hashtags. I think support each other and remember that, you know, a collective is better. So yes, some of you may be competitors, but probably if you're really honest about it, you're not that much of a competitor. I mean, I'm an agency. There are 20,000 independent agencies in the UK. You know, I bump into one or two every now and then in, in yeah. pictures, but yeah. generally I don't see any of them as competitors, you know, but I, I mean, I don't know what it's like in, in depth, but, you know, certainly in the agency world that I'm in, even locally in, in like my kind of, if I take a 20 mile radius from my office, there's probably 30 agencies and we actually all meet up. We do things like digital meetups together, grab pizza, yeah. grab beer, talk about what's going on. That's, that's just the community that we've built. We're all friends actually. Yeah. We don't see each other as enemies and the same can be done in manufacturing on, on a larger scale. Like let, let's get together, let's talk, let's build a voice and hopefully, you know, Andrea, yourself and, and all those involved, we can start to get a bit of a movement going. There's great organisations that already exist, Make UK and, and such others. And I think it's just about kind of all trying to come together with one yeah. clear vision. Yeah. Unity, I think is a, a great word that sums that up. And Andrea used that a few weeks ago on one of the uh, on one of the interviews. So just briefly, have you got three top tips for, for manufacturers when it comes to marketing? If they know they need to do something, a bit like Aladdin with the with the genie of the lamp. They got <laughs> they can only have three chances at this. What would your top three tips be for a manufacturing business? Um, so probably be top top number one. Understand who you want to talk to and talk to them clearly. A lot yep. of people just don't do that. I think just understand that it's okay uh, to alienate the market because you'll accelerate in the smaller area that you you understand you know you can't be all things all people you you aren't so don't try and pretend that just yeah really hone in on one key point so that would be number one number two would be get your website in order um you know and that doesn't have to mean spending hundreds of thousands of pounds at all it just means go and take a look at it objectively yeah i play the mum test okay say if i showed this to my mum could she tell me what they do and use it? And if she can, you've done a great job. If she can't, start again. Uh, and probably number three would be get on LinkedIn, 
build that personal profile get involved just be a part of the conversation fantastic that's pretty uh that's pretty simple stuff it's just a case of taking action isn't it you know get as you say get involved get started okay we're going to be uh, at numerous exhibitions you'll find us at mac advanced engineering subcon eds so hopefully you know come over say hello come and meet the team yeah we're going to be running digital hubs so giving free advice uh, you know about how to, to maximize all the tools um we've got a couple of things up our sleeves which are you know i won't reveal now but all uh, you know hope trying to bring some some of the community together so let's say um and, and do some cool things there um right. and you know we just want to continue to grow and, and support people so uh, yeah i'm very very much looking forward to the rest of this year for certain Brilliant. Sounds exciting. I'm intrigued by what these other things are that you've got up your sleeve and no doubt all will be revealed at an appropriate time. Brilliant. Well, um, just before we go then, what, what's the best way for people to, to get in contact with, with finally, if they've got any uh, questions or they need some help? Sure. So probably the best thing, uh, either find us on LinkedIn. So it's just yep. finally agency or myself, Rob Dando, uh, or jump onto our website, which is just www.finally.agency super that's brilliant okay well thank you very much for that rob so that really wraps up today's episode um i hope you've enjoyed our discussion thanks again to to rob dando thank you for listening and look out for the next episode of insights for manufacturing see you next time bye-bye